So, Mark. Yes. One of the things that inspired us to do this show is the fact that a lot of Hollywood romances don't make any sense. Correct. Another thing that inspired us to do this show is the fact that in many of these Hollywood romances, there is behavior presented as charming, which is in fact illegal. Boy, howdy. It happens all the time. Like, at best, creepy. Yes. Often illegal. Yeah. And it usually gets just forgiven and laughed at, and I don't get it, and I hate it. It's really weird. And, like, you've got the basic stuff, like, in Say Anything, John Cusack is probably violating a noise ordinance by playing that boombox. Yeah, that is charming and forgivable, because sometimes noise ordinances are very draconian. But then you get movies like relatively recent episode crazy.stupid.love, I'm sorry, crazy, crazy comma, comma, stupid, stupid comma, love, comma, love period, period, where you have all of the nightmare that is this child pornography being passed around like it's not that big of a deal. It's astonishing to me that I guess her parents give her the pictures back. It is shocking that they don't immediately destroy them. Like, what? <laughs> I hated that. And that plot line alone is enough to make that movie illegal. Yes, indeed. This is not a romance, but when I think about this idea, I always think about Field of Dreams, where Kevin Costner is trying to get James Earl Jones to come with him to go and build the Field of Dreams, and James Earl Jones won't go, so Costner leaves, and then he comes back with his hand in his pocket, making a finger gun, and demanding that James Earl Jones go with him, and James Earl Jones is like, I know that's a finger, I know you don't have a gun, but Costner's like dragging him out, and like, yes, that's funny, but that's also like, effectively armed kidnapping. I mean, the entire movie, Fun with Dick and Jane, they're robbing many, many people, but that's, we're on their side. But that's, like, the point of the movie, isn't it? I mean, that, like, it's they're different committing if they're explicitly criminals. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't see this movie because I had no desire to, but uh, I think it was 2014's Let's Be Cops, what? where they dress as cops for a Halloween costume and then are mistaken for cops. That is a movie. continue to pretend to be cops it's kind of like the police version of galaxy quest yes but galaxy quest isn't illegal because there are no laws about there's no laws in space space. i think one of the most common ones is you don't always see it in movies but it's referenced a lot about everyone and it comes up in this one where the man is just like i love you so much i'm gonna stand outside your office every day even if you tell me no i'm still gonna come even if you send the cops it's like people give the legal definition of stalking as cute and it is bad i'm unwilling to give up on you no, no, please give up on me. And it is often taken as what true love is supposed to be. I mean, that was in the notebook. That was in Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, it's horrifying, and I don't care for it. Hot take. The hottest. Stalking is bad. We're coming out strong here. <laughs> anti-murder, anti-stalking. Those are the two bad things. But we're pro-crime, so... There are a lot of good. other bad things that happen in this movie. Sure. And we should probably just move into them. Yeah. Welcome to We Love the Love, a Hollywood romance podcast. I'm Mark and I'm gay. And I'm Will and I'm a ginger. This, of course, is a podcast where we delve deep into these sorts of important issues, dealing with the bad things like murder and stalking, as we ask ourselves the question, does Hollywood romance actually make any sense? And are these people actually dateable or even likable? It doesn't matter if the romance is a main plot or a one-scene flirtation, or a scam that turns into a weird romance, and then there's a Multiple fake death. Multiple crimes. <laughs> we'll dig in. At we will one. see what's there. This oh. week, we are rejoined once again by our roommate Josh to talk about the 2003 LL Cool J Gabrielle Union rom-com Deliver Us from Eva. Hey, ya. Uh. So, Josh, you brought us this movie. When did you I first did. watch it? I had it? never heard of it. I must have seen it close to when it came out, way back in 2003. Yeah, I was young the first time I saw it. Uh, we've watched it as a family. It's uh, it's a fun movie. My mom quotes from it all the time. It's one of the earlier movies that I've seen with LL Cool J and Gabrielle Gabriel Union. Like, It is worth noting... In this movie, his full credit is <laughs> James Todd Smith, a.k.a. LL Cool J. Also known as. This the, is back when he was a rapper still and, you know, wanted to make sure he had his name cred out there. The fact that it is a.k.a. for some reason makes it so much worse. It's so funny. because, Especially like, because that credit comes up at the beginning of the movie over the weird, like, the thing of all the main couples doing a dance number in a pale pink void. <laughs> it's... 
It's an abyss at best, okay? This movie doesn't make a lot of sense, but I really enjoyed it. It is clear from the beginning that it's not not going to make sense. From the beginning, it's clear that it's not a movie. It's a story in a book called Deliver Us From Eva. It functionally uses the same narrative framing as Shrek. Also critically acclaimed movie of 2004, was it? Shrek is 2001. See, see, Shrek made this movie possible. Well, Shrek is riffing on the Disney animated classics of the 30s through 50s. And this is riffing on Shrek. (laughs) But the difference is... Who is is the Shrek figure in this movie? Eva. She's unlovable. (laughs) The difference is, though, Shrek's opening in the book provides important background to the story of the film Shrek. In this, however, it is just a song that doesn't really relate to the movie. And then they just open a book, and it's never referenced again that it is a book. It is referenced that they close the book, and it says, the the end. end. The couples were dancing, showing love and affection, and then, have we got a story for you? This movie comes in guns a-blazing. It is so weird right off the bat, and then you forget about the weirdness, but it reminds you. So, Deliver Us From Eva, as we said, it was released in 2003. It was directed by Gary Hardwick and written by Hardwick as well as James Ivor Matson and B.E. Browner. Matson and Browner are a writing team that's worked together a number of times, mostly on Hallmark romances, mm-hmm, which, which is- I think shows in the logic of this movie. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Agreed. This movie came out on February 7th of 2003, which is a date we've discussed on this podcast before. Okay. Because when this opened in sixth place with $6.6 million, in first place that week was another new release making $23 million, another movie involving romance based on a bet, oh, How God. to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Uh, I hate that that beat this one because I liked this movie so much more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not hard. Uh, the director of this movie does not have a Wikipedia page, and no. that is very telling. <laughs> he made three movies. The other ones were The Brothers in 2001 and Universal Remote in 2007. The plotline of The Brothers is four friends begin to question women and relationships when one of them announces impending nuptials. And Universal Remote, these are their IMDb blurbs is about a magical TV remote control sends Bubba and Leroy tumbling into an un-PC TV land where the channel keeps changing and the shows get more and more bizarre. So much worse than I thought it would be. It sounds very bad. I thought it was about to be Click, but... Yeah, I was just fully expecting Click there. And yet, it seems much worse. (laughs) I like that Roger Ebert, in his review of this movie, talked about the fact that it was coming out the same day as How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and that they're both about relationships that start as bets. And he said, Deliver Us From Eva has the advantage of being about one bet, not two, preserving at least one of the protagonists as a person we can safely like. Which is interesting, because then before he's suggesting that Eva is the likable person in the pair. And he goes, but it proceeds so deliberately from one plot point to the next that we want to stand next to the camera holding up cards upon which we have lettered clues and suggestions. I will say, this one isn't really a bet. Deliver Us From Eva, there's no, like... Winning. It's a transaction. It is transaction more than a bet. That's true. They are paying him to do something. He's receiving money in exchange for a service. Exactly. A meat delivery service. A meat presentation, if you will. (laughs) Yes. Also, as a fun reminder, just so we all remember, this was definitely brought up on our last LL Cool J adventure. But LL Cool J stands for Ladies Love Cool James. I can't believe that. I can't believe someone let him do that. (laughs) It works. Because LL Cool J sounds great, but as soon as Ladies you know what it cool stands James. for, I love it so much. Like, how could you take a person seriously who names himself that? And yet, here we are. He's great. I love LL Cool J. I liked the part in this movie where they call out the licking his lips thing. <laughs> they do, because he does. And I noticed. Guys, he won the Kennedy Center honors in 2017. Good for him. Good he for deserved him. deserved it. Ah, I love it. There is a tapestry of art upon our civilization. (laughs) Again, I don't mean to belabor the point, but the dashiki he wore in Charlie's Angels, masterpiece. And the only other thing he's worn in movie are very form-fitting sweaters. I mean, that is true. The first sweater he wears in this movie, maybe it's the second, I don't know. When he shows up at the barbecue, he's wearing a sweater that is just like, just a shade off of his skin. 
And I was very confused. I thought he was not wearing one. <laughs> it is very weird. See, I thought he was wearing a corset because halfway down, the pattern changes very abruptly. And I was like, oh, skin tone corset. But it's, it's a very ugly sweater. It works for him. It's not like stripes, though, because it's like a weird a L block. shape. I don't know. I didn't care His for it. His shirt is playing Tetris. It's fine. All right, I think we need to start talking about this movie because I have too much to say. <laughs> yes. So we should mention that this movie is a very loose adaptation of The Taming of the Shrew. Very loose. In the same sense that Clueless is based on Emma, etc. She's the man is based on Twelfth Night. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it falls within that genre kind of, I guess. Of like Not modern really. retellings. Is that a genre? Cuz most of them do end up to be just rom-coms. Yeah. Anyway, it's just a very interesting thing. It's on the later end of that trend, I'd say. Yeah. But anyway, we should dig into the plot of this movie, because as I said, I have a lot to say. (laughs) So every week on We Love to Love, we take the romantic plot line of a movie and break it down into five points that help us to dig into it and examine just what the heck is going on. So Josh, as our guest this week, you're going to be in charge of guiding us through Deliver Us From Eva and helping us to understand what is happening. Happy to. Point one, the not-so-merry husbands of Dandridge. Did you know that female spiders eat the male when she's done with them? Oh yeah, they, they date, they laugh, and then she turns his ass into a crab cake. Now, while the prospect of biting your head off makes me happy, I am sure that ultimately you are not a happy meal. So, I'm moving on to better cuisine. So, at the start of this movie, we've got... Well, we start off with our, like, dance number with the opening (laughs) credits, and then they go over to a book on a podium, the only item in this peach void, and it says Deliver Us From Eva on the cover, and they open it, and we zoom into the book to a funeral scene. (laughs) (laughs) We have narration by LL Cool J, who tells us, you know when a funeral is really awful? When it's yours. So I would like to say that I've fully forgot the funeral plot line until it happened. I was like, oh my gosh, that's how this movie ends. LL Cool J then narrates pointing at the fabulous Dandridge sisters, these four fabulous. women. And he's like, and that one's Eva. Oh no, but first, no, it's so LL Cool J narrates looking at these three dudes and he's like, these guys look really sad, but actually they're thrilled. And it cuts to them like imagining themselves dancing down the aisle at LL Cool J's death. And then he's like, no, the reason I'm dead is back here. And... It's the fabulous Dandridge sisters, and he zooms in on Eva, and he's like, she's the reason I'm dead. Cut to six months earlier, (laughs) so we know exactly how long this movie takes. So, uh, cut to uh, the Dandridge sisters, each of them with their paramour. They're going about their lives, trying to live with their beautiful, what was it, fabulous Dandridge sisters? Well, let's be clear that there are... Four Dandridge sisters. Three of them are in relationships. One is married, one is engaged, and one is dating somebody. And, and then there's Eva, who is not in a relationship. Eva, the oldest, the the matriarch of the family after their parents died when they were young. She's taking care of her sisters. So she was 18 when they died. Yes. Yeah. Which is kind of important because she becomes a full legal caregiver of this family. Exactly. Too. She gives up on many of her dreams to take care of her sisters to make sure that they're all right. She gets a job. She makes sure that they're able to live. Basically, but also she's incredibly annoying. <laughs> but of course, that's in part because she has to manage the Dandridge Fund. Oh, the Dandridge Fund, <laughs> which is so unimportant. It was so much less important than I thought it would be. It's a bank account. I thought the husbands were going to steal from it. They kept bringing it up so much. There was so much opportunity for this movie to be a bank heist movie. So. One of the things that's going on is since the girls have been teenagers, they've been putting money into something called the Dandridge Fund, which it becomes clear is just a bank account. It's just a joint savings account. That's it. (laughs) The men are obsessed with it. (laughs) For no good reason. They're convinced that it has like millions, just huge amounts of money. Like sapphires. They're dying to get their hands It's like the Baudelaire fortune. (laughs) Yes. And so Eva is bad. She's very overbearing. She's very, she's involved in all their lives to a very, an unacceptable level. It is an unacceptable level. I was coming into this movie expecting to be on her side, to be honest. Because usually, especially in like early 2000s sitcoms, the women are generally painted in a negative light, even though they're usually right. Eva (laughs) is generally wrong a lot of the time. She told her sister 
not to have kids with her husband because she's like, look, most marriages end within the first five years. So you should wait until that long to have kids in case you break up. And, it's like what? And I feel like there was like it, there were there were a lot of scenes where they tried to to uh, kind of explain that like yeah she's harsh but it's because she's had to you know get tough and she can be soft when it comes to the time but especially when it comes to her sisters she has to be hard. Yeah, the yeah. first conflict we see is the like it's weird to call them the husbands. I guess just the men are like there's are, two of them are husbands. One right. of them are dating. What one of them has asked his wife if they can all watch the football game in the living room and they get upset when the dandridge sisters are like excuse me you have to leave we're having book club here and it's like no one told them i feel like they're in the right to be kind of annoyed that they are being kicked out of the living room but then they always manage to make it bad the men always somehow do make me hate them because the men are really misogynistic yes yeah. <laughs> but also like eva is giving it back to them in the worst ways of constantly like needling and nagging them in like not in like a jokey way in a mean way right she's gonna break their spirits like and then you get scenes where i'm guessing she's the second oldest i think karina and her husband which one is she married to i don't know i don't know the names I, yeah. of any of the characters except that for Eva and Ray, because they never matter like basically none of them have characterization yeah except and they're the all just kind of the same the yoga one yeah, and so the other one. The names are Karina, Bethany, and Jackie. And then the husbands are Mike, Tim, and Daryl. And I believe it is Karina and Mike are discussing having a baby. And Mike is And they both seem on board. Mike especially is really excited. Yeah, Mike is saying the nicest things. He really is. He's giving her a foot massage and being like, I want to have a baby with you he's, to show our love for each he's other. Like, like, I love you so much. <laughs> My father was very terrible to me. I want to show that I can be a great father and raise this beautiful child with you. And she's like, well, statistically, <laughs> Eva told me, marriages end within five years. So we have to wait past five five years before I'm willing to have children. Like, what else is she holding out on in this marriage because of, like, statistics that Eva is giving her? Because Eva reads Psychology Today, a notoriously accurate magazine, I'm guessing. Every magazine that ends with today must be correct. <laughs> psychology Today is all right. Yeah, but it's not like she's reading I it. wouldn't plan my life around it. I would, yeah. Especially from someone else reading it and yeah. then telling you about it. And it's like, Eva just takes statistics as fact instead of an interesting way of looking at the human condition it's really aggressive of you to criticize nelson mandela like this <laughs> <laughs> he was uncompromising okay eva is a food inspector a health inspector and whenever somebody accuses her of being uncompromising apparently people tend to use that same word a lot because we see her get in this same fight a lot. She starts yelling at them about how Martin Luther King and Nelson Mandela and Confucius were uncompromising, and she is too. She is, you might say, the Martin Luther King of health inspectors. Guys, I just found the whole script of this movie, <laughs> but it doesn't say which character is saying these lines. I was Googling it to find the speech because I think we should play it, but instead I just found the full script of the movie. You know, I don't, I don't understand you. Why do you have to be so goddamned uncompromising? It's called principle, Oscar. Maybe the world is in short supply, but I am not. You see, people pay their tax dollars for my principle, so they can go into a restaurant and not eat chicken fried rat or bite into a bacon lettuce and tomain sandwich. If I slack up on you, then I have to cut everyone a break, and pretty soon the almonds on your salad have legs. If that makes me uncompromising, well, I wear it as a badge of honor because I'm in damn good company. Martin Luther King was uncompromising, Nelson Mandela was uncompromising, and I'm sure your mother was uncompromising, although the evidence of that is not apparent today. So, why don't you think of me as your mom right now? And mama says, clean it up! Anyway. Anyway, we're at the start of the movie. And the men are trying to come up with some way that they can get Eva out of their paramours Out lives. of their relationships. Which is, I guess, a valid point. Somebody, one of them complains at one point, like, you're not married to me, you're married to Eva, and I'm the handyman with a penis. <laughs> Again, valid criticisms that they then take to the wrong the place. The wrong place. <laughs> because one of them, I believe it's... 
One of the Dar- dudes. They, One they of don't the- have personalities. Mike, Tim, da- either Mike, Tim, or Daryl sees his friend Ray at a bar and is like, this is the guy that's gonna save us from our problems. Ray is LL Cool J. At this moment, he is trying to cool down a situation where he's out with one girl and another girl is there and is like, wait, I'm dating him. And then they end up dating each other? Yeah, it seems that they go for a threesome because ladies love Cool James. You know. (laughs) And We're told multiple times that he's a master player. It turns out that what actually happens is these two women seem to have fallen in love with each other. (laughs) And that's the romance that we'll be discussing in this episode. (laughs) It's so weird but also cute, I guess. It's like that episode of the, I think it was the Thailand's Bachelor, where the two contestants went off with each other. Oh, yeah. That I remember great. that. That was a great one. So the three dudes see Ray and they're like, all right, he's a master player. What we can do is get him to date Eva, get Eva to fall in love with him. That'll distract her. And that'll be good for us. And so they approach Ray and they're like, Ray, yo, uh... Oh, but you're forgetting an important step, which is, I think, one of the main reasons he charges them so much is then they expect him to move. Right. They're like, then once you're dating, you have to move so that Eva moves with you. And then you can break up with her, but it'll be too much of a pain for her to move back here. (laughs) I do not understand this movie. And they're pitching this plan to Ray as they have sat him down in a bar. They brought a picture of Eva to be like, look at her. Isn't she hot? She's hotter than my wife. A hard copy picture of Eva. Because it's 2003. They just whip out this crisp six by four. (laughs) In a way where it's like... They have to be casual, so they're just like, yeah, I just carry this around with me. You know, sister-in-law, that kind of thing. And Ray is like, so what is wrong with her? Because <laughs> like, oh, there's always something know, wrong she, with the woman. Uh, she has an intense ex, a little persnickety. You should date her. <laughs> and he's like, fine, $5,000. No, he originally says no, because he's like, that's not the kind of thing that I'm into. I'm oh, a player, right. not a gigolo or something like that. But then he sees her at her job. Given the whole Nelson Mandela speech. Because remember, he's a meat delivery man. Oh, right. Yes. We have not officially said that. He's a meat delivery man. He delivers the meat. He's a master player. He gives meat presentations. These are all things the movie says. <laughs> We're just going, quoting verbatim, ladies and gentlemen. So anyway, he's delivering the meat when he sees her. And he lurks around for the entirety of her health inspection, which I imagine takes a while. So he's just like hiding behind shelves for what, an hour? (laughs) Pretending to be delivering the meat until he decides that, yes, this is the woman that I want to break. I'll be a master player if I can get that girl. Because, you know, that's a a healthy goal for a man. I don't really understand his motivation there. Honestly. It's weird. I mean, he does need the money for his house. He didn't want to get it by bad means. But then he was like, hey, she seems intense. She seems like she would be a lot of fun. It's almost like, is he trying to break her? Yeah, I think he sees it as a challenge. Because that's kind of what Taming of the Shrew is. Break this girl because she has run off every suitor before you. Yeah, I think for him, it's like, this is the test of my player status. Can I even get this woman into me? Yeah. And so then... The dudes arrange for Ray and Eva to meet. A meet cute, if you will. Except Ray claims to be dating somebody. Yeah. (laughs) They meet at church and then he says, oh, my girlfriend would really like you as well. And it's like, oh, okay. But then he's like, no woman wants a man that another woman doesn't want. The truly galling thing in this interaction is that Ray repeatedly introduces himself as Ray and Eva refuses to call him anything else but Raymond, which is obnoxious. You should call people what they want to be called. Respect people's names and their pronouns, ladies and gentlemen. It's very odd that she's just like, no. She's so intense. She's like, nothing is casual. What if his name isn't even Raymond? Like, like his, it's Raybert or Rayther. His name could also just be Ray. Like, his parents may have just named him Ray, which is fine. Like, it's a normal thing to do. But she's just like, no, your name must be Raymond, so I'm only going to call you Raymond. Yeah, because Eva is obnoxious and doesn't actually care about anyone but herself. Yeah. Like, even in her sisters, she's just telling them what to do. Remember, she cares about herself and the Dandridge Fund. The Dandridge Fund! But the thing is, I don't think the... Women, like the Dandridge sisters, barely ever say the words Dandridge Fund. 
They, they, know, until they are the dudes, just men. the dudes are obsessed with it. They want to get their hands on it. They're like, Eva's got total control of the Dandridge Fund. That's our money. Yeah, see? Yeah, but we got to get the Dandridge Fund, guys. Only one of them is actually married to one of the Dandridge sisters. Two of them are married. No, the other one's engaged. No, no, they're married, definitely. No, so it's one is, I'm pretty sure one is married, one is engaged, and one, one is dating, dating okay. and end the movie engaged. Aww. Because one couple mentions being engaged already. Okay. So that means that only one of them has actual, like, any justification in my mind to having access to the Dandridge Fund. And even then, don't be a dick about it. Right. It's like these women all saved up together, so it is their decision what to do with the money. It is also definitely not some fortune. Yeah, it's like they got an insurance settlement out of the death of their parents that they used to buy a house, which leads me to believe there probably isn't too much left over. And then they've been saving up, but they're not old enough to have saved up like millions of dollars. Right. If you want to be generous to the men, you could say like, hey, we're starting our lives together. That little chunk of change from the Diandridge Fund would be useful for all of us. But that's never said. Well, certainly, so it just feels like they just want the money. To be clear, there's no way Eva would let any man get his hands on that within the first five years of marriage. <laughs> Statistically. So where does this put us in our points? Point two. <laughs> I don't even remember. Rayo and Juliva. I like that one. You should get <laughs> You out. should not. That one is bad. So this is at the barbecue, right? You could at barbecue. least say Ray Mio so that people know what you mean. Please. The EO is fine. This is, is like the Captain barbecue. EO? <laughs> Do you know Captain EO? No. It was no. this weird space music video thing they had at Epcot in the 80s. It starred Michael Jackson and Aliens. It was really weird. You can find it on YouTube. This is not that EO, ladies and gentlemen. Rayo and Juliva. You know, Mike and his little buddies are not fooling me. I didn't think so. No, they set us up, you and me. They want us to date, so I'll stay out of their hair. You, you might not believe this. They don't really like me very much. I didn't get that. The Dandridges are later hosting a barbecue, which Ray comes as a guest of whichever of the husbands he knows. And he once again starts hitting on Eva. And isn't it convenient? He's broken up with his girlfriend. His imaginary girlfriend. It's so convenient. And the test that he is enough for Eva is that he eats her spicy beans. Well, first, she gives him a whole speech about how he has to respect her body, her mind, and her spirit. And he says he will respect her mind and her spirit. She's like, well, what about my body? And he says, I'll do whatever you want to your body. I'll deliver the meat. The meat presentation. Anyway, then... In front of the mayor. None of this has convinced her. What she needs to know is that he can eat beans. <laughs> it's, it's her beans. It's her special recipe that she makes he's for gotta every eat, function. He's got to eat her spicy beans. They're very spicy. It shows the other men not being able to handle them. And she says earlier, like... A real man can eat my beans. Separates the men from the boys. It's such a weird idea for life. It's a weird test. And it's also weird to keep bringing something to every family function that, that nobody, nobody likes. <laughs> we just just at this function to separate the men from the boys. Eva is a selfish person in, in all of her interactions. The men have been there for years, and she already knows that they don't like her beans. And they continue to not be enough in her eyes. Why do they keep Why does she eating keep them? <laughs> like, this guy has obviously tried them in the past. Why Maybe did he, he have there was them? Someone else? I would say two... Two hopes, possibly. One, they're hoping someone else made the beans. Two, they're hoping that, like, Eva has a shred of decency and will make beans differently. No. Everyone knows she is garbage. Like, she's not garbage. But I disliked her. She's a lot. I think, based on her close work friendships, she must be at least a decent person Apparently outside of her she family has setting. They're, they're willing to come to functions that mean a lot to her. And so, I think and by that, the funeral of LL Cool J at the end. Sorry, ladies love Cool James. We see no interactions between Eva and friends. I mean, her boss likes her. The undercover health inspector likes her. We only see her in situations where she takes her health inspector job very seriously. Because if she does not, people will die. That's right. And we see her with her sisters, who she clearly has an overbearing codependent relationship with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Read that she... in Psychology Today. But when we see her at, like with her boss, she's just palling around. She's just like a nice person. Yeah. It's very weird. He asked her if she brought a date to their like function. It's like, oh, it's fine. My boyfriend had to work. But so, speaking of dates. Yes, so they go on their first date. He picks her up in his meat wagon. Which, surprisingly, is a plus. 
Yeah, I mean, you got to be ready to, to deliver the meat. Yeah, ride that meat She's wagon. Impressed with his ability to save money, his frugality. That's yeah, because the word I was she starts for. making fun of this like hot rod outside her, her house when they walk out, and he's like, "Oh, that's not mine. I'm driving the meat wagon." <laughs> and so they go on a date to the one restaurant in the city where apparently people don't try to poison her. I don't think people are trying to poison her. I, I think she's too neurotic about her job. But she also was very, very serious about that and i'm pretty sure that the way that she's torn people down before there have been thoughts the manager also does imply that something has been done to her salad yeah but at the same time is every restaurant in la unsafe to eat it sounds like if she is this like harsh and people dislike her this much they must actually be all disgusting hellholes. Maybe it's like in her section of the city or whatever. Maybe she doesn't oversee everything. She's in the like health disaster zone. Maybe yeah. she's the tough one that they send in to places they already know are on the edge. Yeah. Or to like, whip them into shape. Or like even to like really good ones to be like, oh, you think you're good? Hmm. Survive Eva Dandridge. It's like Health Inspector. In one of the places the water isn't hot enough to the like Level that has been determined by science to be the healthiest level. And they're she like, does say ah, by it's science. just fine. And I mean, to like, be fair, the person who says that's fine is the undercover health inspector evaluator. That is true. But the thing is, it's like, you should then probably go ahead and fix that issue. 48 hours is not enough because contractors are terrible. But that is something that should be followed up on. Oh, definitely. And that's exactly what Nelson Mandela would do. Yeah. Well, he is <laughs> uncompromising, up. just like Confucius is uncompromising. And Martin Luther King is uncompromising. That's right. So, they so, go on their date. It doesn't go well because Eva wants to leave because she's afraid she's going to be poisoned. Does he fake choking? He yes, does. Which, and uses that to kiss her, which is also bad. Which was also kind of like, okay, that's kind of skeevy. They were not at the point where... A kiss like that. The kiss is appropriate. I guess, like, maybe that's one of his moves that he's used with lesser women. How often oh. do you think he fakes choking? Probably. How often? Three does, times a week? How often do you think he dates health inspectors? I, I don't know. How many health inspectors are there? <laughs> Josh, are you, you can't Google how many board? health inspectors are <laughs> how there. How many health inspectors are there? <laughs> Twelve. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? So, they have their date. And it doesn't go great. And she leaves grumpy. And he kind of calls her like, why are you so mean? Like, And she's like, excuse me, you don't even know me. And you're coming out the gate trying to criticize how I'm doing things. This is it. We're done. It's Bye-bye. over. The relationship is dead. And that's the end of the movie. Instead, is this point number three? Point number three, meet for meat. What does that mean? Measure for measure. It's a, it's a play. <laughs> These are real reaches. Yeah, these are not your best work, Josh. <laughs> you gave me five minutes to do this. No. Mr. Mayor! Hey. Hey, how is my main man? Good, sir. Good, good. Good to good. see you. This is my date, Eva. So this is Eva. Ray, you didn't do her justice. So they go out again. So, uh, why do they go out again? Because she wants to go horseback riding. Yes. Eva is a horse nut. She has, like, horse art all over her home, including, like, statues of horse heads and she things like that. She is a horse girl. Because she wanted to be a horse trainer when she was younger, but right. she gave up on that dream to take care of her sisters. So, as a psychology major, you can see that she's kind of stuck in the past at 18 years old when she was forced to grow up much too quickly. And now she- Shut up! <laughs> Excuse me, I have a degree in psychology from Georgetown University, and this is the most I've used it in a while. (laughs) So, uh, she basically is like, I want to get LL Cool J to pay for me to go ride horses. Because it's expensive. So let's go on another date. And they do, and he did say anything you want, and she picked horseback riding, and then she comes clean, like, I did it because it's expensive, and he's like, I said anything you wanted, so it's fine. And so she's, she's starting to warm up to him a little bit, because he lets her talk about her horses, and her horse girl, whatever horse he, girls talk about. He is less awful on this date than the first one, yes. yes. He's not great at riding horses. No. At all. But he is, it's like... kind of worrying. Is he, he okay? <laughs> he's, like, nice and asks her about herself, and is, like, doing things you do on a date. And then after their horseback ride, they go back to his place to play billiards. Yeah, she says, you let me do whatever I want. Now let's do whatever you want. And it's kind of cute. It's something like, hey, this is low key. It's at my house. Yes, but I'm not pressuring you. We're just playing pool. I swear. 
and they play pool. And from there on, the relationship only grows until they go to a function of hers where... They, like, continue to date. We get a nice montage. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I love my montages. They're warming to each other. Especially she's warming to him because he is still checking in with the dudes a little bit. Because the dudes are like, what's going on? Why isn't Eva gone yet? But I think part of that is because he needs the money. Right. Because he wanted the money to buy his house. He'd been renting it. The landlord was putting it up for sale. And so we do know that he takes half the money up front, $2,500, and uses that to buy a house. And I guess that will buy you a house in 2003 because they're handing out subprime mortgages to everybody. I mean, I guess... A down payment. Yeah, he probably also has some money saved up himself. From his uh, meat delivery. Yeah. From the meat wagon. So anyway, yes, as you said, we get to this... uh, This function where... It's this work function. It's the mayor's fundraiser. Yes, that's what it is. And she's without a date because he has to to give a presentation to the mayor he's working. Or does he say that? He says... We knew earlier that he gave a meat presentation to the mayor. Yes, a meat presentation to the mayor at the mayor's house. They don't tell us what that means, but you know what that means. Ladies and gentlemen, the meat presentation. (laughs) That whole thing is so weird. As we learn, he did a hell of a meat presentation on the mayor. Because the mayor's inviting her to come back up to the house to see it. She doesn't need to go to the mayor's place to see his meat presentation. Because he kills that night out of the water and they go back to Eva's place. Well, because Eva's there alone at first. And she runs into her Lucius. Ex, her l- Lucas. Luscious, luscious Lucius. Lucius Johnson, Eva Dandridge's ex-boyfriend. Who was, like, her high school boyfriend that she was really into. And I guess she she thought she was going to marry him, she says. but They were engaged. They were engaged. But he felt she was too involved in her sister's life. He was not wrong. (laughs) And made her choose me or them. Which is kind of a iffy thing. I would love to know the terms of what he meant by that. Okay. Maybe maybe she did overthink. To be clear, Lucius is a scumbag. He was, because he brought his wife and they're showing off. To be clear, bringing his his wife, not a scumbag move. (laughs) The way he engages with Eva. The way both of them engage with it, because it's obvious they talked about let's rub this in her face. I'm really successful, and I have a hot wife, and we have kids, and oh, look, you're here alone. Mm, so sorry, Eva. Wow. Mm, so but then Ella Cool J shows up and is like, I'm a cool dude. I know the mayor. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Did you like my meat presentation? I he, did. I did like your meat presentation. He lies about being the trade rep from the city of L.A. to Africa. Africa as a whole. Which is uh, just so many layers of problems and weirdness. But Are you saying Los Angeles shouldn't have a trade representative to Africa? Like... M- Mark, are you saying L.A. should not be trading with the great country of Africa? I guess if generally trade is done country to country, but I guess you could also do it city to continent (laughs) made up of 54 nations. I don't see the problem with that. It's all about finding these new ways of connecting with other people. Exactly. Like, Why are you trying to isolate them? Building bridges over our pain. Anyway. Speaking of meat deliveries, uh, they go back to Eva's place and have sex. Meat for meat, y'all. They have sex on the floor next to the bed. Because it took too long to get into the bed. They couldn't get there. So they bring sheets and pillows from the bed onto the ground. But the bed is still made. The bed is perfectly made up. Those sheets and pillows came from somewhere. So I guess they make a stop at the linen closet to get sheets and pillows. And then they burn a hole in the ground. (laughs) As Eva later puts it. They have a great time. And then it's after they have sex. For the first time, Eva calls him Ray instead of Raymond. And she's like, there's no point being formal now because we're naked. (laughs) We boned. And so she's super happy. She goes to the beauty salon. She's like using slang now. And everybody's like, Eva, what happened to you? She boned. She had sex. I saw a meat presentation. (laughs) A very good meat presentation. The mayor was there. And then. They're doing great. They're loving life. And then we get to, like, LL Cool J is doing a lot of, you know, oh, I'm bad for you, you shouldn't love me, angsting, after they're happy. And at the same time, Eva has been offered a job as the number two health inspector in Chicago, which would be a big step up for her. And at the beginning of the movie, she was good to go, excited about it, a little worried about what that would mean for her sisters. But now she's like, I got my sisters and I've got LL Cool J in Los Angeles. Like, I don't know that I want to leave. And Ray's being very good with the sisters, with Eva. Everybody's warmed up to him. He's spending the day with them while the men follow behind and not a, really a part of it. He's become the perfect man. Yeah, I mean, he's engaging with the sisters as individuals in ways that the other men really haven't, where they kind of want to isolate with whichever one of the fabulous Dandridge sisters they are in a relationship or with. Or just with the men. Yeah. So he's doing great. 
But then one of the sisters lets slip to her man that Eva is not taking the Chicago job because of LL Cool J. And the men are livid. Yeah, because if they had done nothing, she would have moved away. This entire movie did not have to happen. And it would have ended the way they wanted. And, and instead they're no like, one would have how their crime. dare you? We need her to go. You need to break up with her and make her really upset. And he's like, I'm not going to do that because I'm really into her. They're like, yeah, you shouldn't have had sex with her. And he's like, I'm going to tell her the truth about why I started and we'll see how it goes. And they're like, not good enough. So then these gentlemen, <laughs> one of whom is a police officer, <laughs> kidnap LL Cool J. Chain him up in a warehouse. After throwing him in the back of his own meat wagon. They chain him up in a warehouse, leave him with two buckets and a pile of food and water, and are just like, bye bye now. We see this. He's clearly been there for days because they filed a false police report that he was in a car crash, which must mean they totaled his meat truck. And then he he died, was cremated instantly. And they're now having a funeral. So the funeral from the start of the movie was LL Cool J's funeral. He's able to narrate it because he's not dead. He's just chained up in a warehouse. (laughs) These three men need to be arrested for kidnapping. One of them is a cop who falsified a police report, which means he needs to be fired and permanently removed from the police force. (laughs) Please, Mark. He's a police officer. At best, he'll get desk duty. Depressingly true. He'll probably get a paid vacation. So, yeah, these three men think that that is the solution. So, at the beginning of the movie, when LL Cool J's narrating the funeral, and they're imagining themselves, like, dancing down the aisle with strippers, they have just kidnapped a man and chained him up in a warehouse. And their plan is police report. Their plan is to keep him there long enough for Eva to take the Chicago job, which she is planning to do. And then I guess let him go? Like, what are they going to do? And then expect him not to turn them in for kidnapping Their only recourse will be to kill him. Like, why not just commit the murder already? These three dudes who throughout the movie have been, like, kind of crappy, kind of misogynistic, but, like, broadly recognizable as ordinary humans. They have gone further beyond any plot that they should have. Oh, but don't worry, there's no comeuppance. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Which, okay, let's... Before we get too angry, let's hop into point number four. Loves LL Lost. Four? Yes. Which is when he burst into his own funeral after escaping from the chains. You know when a funeral is really awful? When it's yours. (laughs) That's me. Ray Adams. Young, gifted, and dead. And then... A surprising inversion of the old burst into the wedding, like you would see in something like The Graduate or Shrek. (laughs) (laughs) Again, which this movie, as we've stated previously, is based off of. Burst into the wedding to tell Eva the truth that... She's like first very excited to see him alive. and, (laughs) And then she's like, you took money for this? That's unacceptable. And she and, punches him in the face. Which, uh, valid uh, reaction. Yeah. I mean, like, he, try, he tries to, like, explain that, yes, I did, but I'll give back all the money because I've fallen in love with you. It started as a ploy, but now my feelings are real. And she's like, nope. And Bye. helps her sisters reunite with their men who they're mad at and then moves to Chicago. Who are criminals. Yeah. Who are kidnappers. They're just people that have committed the crime of kidnapping. Kidnapping, <laughs> kidnapping holding against will, and it's a separate crime. And now they are all so happy. Everyone's relationship is perfect. One of them proposes, and they're even better because Eva's gone now because she moved to Chicago. And you can even you can you can say there's a case for LL getting back with Eva because he has a few speeches where he talks about I've never meant to fall in love with you but I did I apologize for it. he He's tried apologized. he stalks her at work <laughs> he yeah. says he won't stop stalking her I <laughs> that that's later my bad I honestly don't really care that Eva and LL Cool J or Ray end up together that's fine with me everything other couple in this movie is trash and they need to break up and three of them need to be in jail yeah they're kidnappers so yeah ray is like i'm gonna keep following you he's like wearing a t-shirt that says forgive me at one point yeah and she moves to chicago and then or los angeles with the sears tower pasted (laughs) in the background Here's point five. All's well that ends well, even though at least one person should definitely be in jail. Three people. Three Three people people should be in jail. You said love is a choice. Well, I love you. And I'm not leaving. I'm going to show up at your job every day. I'm going to send you gifts and tell you I'm sorry until you understand that I will not live without you. 
This is when LL shows up at her job. In Chicago. In Chicago. He's riding a horse. Into the lobby of her job. Because she likes horses. She's a horse girl. So he bought her a horse. It made me think of Kate and Leopold. (laughs) Another great rom-com. No. (laughs) It's a bad movie. I love that one, too. So he shows up on the horse, promptly falls off. As established earlier, he can't ride a horse. And then he tells her that he sold his house and he bought this horse. And he bought it a year's stay in a stable outside Chicago. And that he plans to stalk her until she agrees to go out with him. And also doesn't care if the cops show up. He's gonna be there. And she forgives him and they get back together. And the movie ends with a police escort of getting the horse out of the city of Chicago. Hooray? (laughs) Love wins? Do they get arrested for having the horse? No, they're just escorting them. Okay. Also, it ends with the freeze frame of him doing the breakfast club fist. <laughs> well, let's be clear. It ends with the book closing. By oh, a beloved yes. hand, as the ending says, the end. The back binding. And that's the movie, Deliver Us from Eva. We've been delivered. Deliver us. <laughs> Deliver us. So, guys, after watching this whole epic saga, <laughs> do you find the relationship between Eva, Eva and Ray believable? No. Yes. <laughs> this relationship is based on a financial transaction and also beans. <laughs> no, I also agree with Will. I will say they are both hot. Believable. But beans she is the bean test she's not great she opens up okay she explains throughout the movie i'm not an easy person to love yeah because you have to eat her beans (laughs) is that a euphemism let's be real no there have been no euphemisms in this episode i'm gonna leave the meat wagon alone on this one anyway i want to know where would you guys rank this so we use a 10 point scale where zero is you believe none of the romance 10 is you believe all of it this is low i'd say seven what (laughs) what are you actually serious yes okay they are two high maintenance people who have ray is not a high maintenance person well he's not someone that you take home to mama either they both need sculpting he's a nice guy he's a nice guy bit of a player he would take money to make someone fall in love with them and then break their hearts but throughout they both learn to love and by the end of the movie their love is what sustains us all. I'm gonna give it like a four. I think I'm giving it a three. They are both so hot Three plus four equals seven. That's not how this works. Anyway, do you guys think that Ray or Eva is dateable? I mean, no, probably on both. Ray, for the reasons that Josh was just talking about, <laughs> like the fact that he agreed to do this is a huge red flag. He was sculpted. That's bad. It was six months. Yeah, it was not long enough. And Eva for all of the reasons that we've stated. Yes. I believe we have made it clear our position on this matter. So, Josh, if you did have to pick one person in Deliver Us from Eva to date, who would it be? It would probably be the uh, horny hairdresser who speaks an iambic pentameter at one point. Oh, yeah. She's the one who, after LL Cool J gets punched in the face, goes down to him and is like, so you're single now, right? Gotta shoot your shot when you can. (laughs) He was in pain. He was hurting. And she was like, I will comfort you. What about you, Mark? Who would you date? I would have said the gay hairdresser until that weird after credit scene in which he comes out as pretending to be gay to be a hairdresser. It's a weird scene. It's a weird scene. A weird way to end the movie. I honestly do not know. I think I'm going with the person who is credited as big bartender, which is <laughs> Terry Crews yeah. as a bartender. Who I'll just go with turns that around. Because... The fact that we can only name two characters in this movie <laughs> shows how little characterization every other person in this movie Was it is. Amaranda? All the other dudes are criminals. So, by which I mean kidnappers. So I will go. They with were forgiven. Speaking big bartender Terry Crews as well. All right. Many of the films that we have discussed have been mounted as stage musicals. Excuse me. Do you guys think that Ray and Eva will stay together? Oh yes. Um, yes, you think sorry. yes? I yes. I kind of doubt it. I'm going to go with no. I feel yes, because they're both learning to open their hearts. I think Eva is a control freak that will probably drive him away. But that's what I think. As you can see, when she just disappeared from their lives at the end of the movie, obviously she's learning to let go. Maybe. We'll see. I do love the scene where the men are reconciling with their wives, and they turn around like, Eva! And she wasn't there. And it was like, maybe Eva was really inside of all of us all along. That's a horrifying notion. (laughs) 
They will not stay together. <laughs> yeah. Now, many of the movies that we've discussed have been mounted as stage musicals. Should Deliver Us From Eva be made into a stage musical? It kind of starts as one already. I absolutely think this is the movie we've watched. Like, of the movies we've watched recently where we've asked this question, I think this is the one where I'm most on board for it. <laughs> Why? The title song, Meat Wagon. Is that like the Wells Fargo wagon from <laughs> The Music Man? <laughs> I don't think it would be a good musical, but I can see this being staged with songs. The big meat wagon is a coming down. Oh, please bring some meat for me. As produced by Tyler Perry. Is Medea in it? Yes. <laughs> She's the horny hairdresser in the stage version. There we go. Um, yeah, everyone just see this as a musical. I don't know a... that I would want to go. Yeah. But I could see it existing. Yeah. Again, starts and ends as a musical. Does it end that way? I mean, there's music and the hand closes the book. That's not how. That's just how the end, end of movies work. I think that's how all musicals end. No one is singing it. It is just being played in the background, Josh. <laughs> that's just score. That's just music. All right. Okay. We're I done don't know here. if we can add anything else. All right. Next week. We are doing another very strange movie. Oh, God, what a fun back-to-back. The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. A classic. That movie is so weird. It's very bad. It's on Netflix, so you can check it out if you haven't seen it and you want to go very weird. Until then, you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at LoveTheLovePod, and you can email us questions or movie suggestions at LoveTheLovePod at gmail.com. Um, Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps other people to find the show. Okay, guys, last question. What is the best piece of dating advice you got from this movie, Joshua? You should weed the boys from the men with beans. Spicy beans. The spiciest of beans. Hot take. Will? William, I should say. I mean, I feel like the movie's dating advice is stuff like never call people the names that they want to be called, but that is, in fact, bad advice. So... Instead, I'm going to say, if you're going on a first date, try to arrange it so that you wind up near somebody who is, like, really ostentatiously overdressed or something like that. So that, like, you become the meat wagon to that person's flashy racer. And then they'll be impressed by your reasonableness compared to this absurd figure. Exactly. Maybe get a friend who will wear an outrageous outfit and you can be like, oh, no, no, like, look at that ridiculous person. I'm just down-to-earth normal guy. So... Be the meat wagon. Be the meat wagon. I'm going to say, if you're on a first date at a restaurant and the manager implies that your date's food has been tampered with, respect their desire to leave that restaurant. Okay, well, there you go. Until next time, I'm a ginger. And I'm gay. And I'm black. (laughs) So between the three of us, we know everything there is to know about romance. Bye. Bye!